Hi guys and welcome back to the uh, FPL Reaction Pod. This is episode two of season two. Uh, how are you, Max? I'm tired, Lewis. I'm tired of transfers. I'm tired of injuries, but <laughs> we can get to that later in the pod. Apart from that, I'm good. Yeah. Apart from that, I'm good. I think a lot's obviously a lot's gone on this week, like and and it, it's it's been a lot of injuries and, and and loads of other stuff, which we'll cover we'll cover in the pod as well. We'll also look at mine and Max's game plan um, in terms of uh, the wildcard chips, transfers, hits um, and etc. Just everything that makes a, a hope, a hopefully a successful um, season ahead. And we'll also reveal our drafts. Uh, so you'll see our team reveals or sort of a good, a good um, idea of how me and Max want to go into the season. Uh, first, we'll just have a look at the um, the injuries, Max, this week, and and, and sort of the the signings and stuff. Starting with Dominic Calvert Lewin, so obviously he he took a slight it was it a knock? I'm not too sure what happened there, but he he was injured, and and it just sort of it just sort of takes away another asset, doesn't it, from that like sort of seven point five to eight million pound bracket. It means that the, yeah, the options that you know attack you've either got. You know, pretty much now with the other couple of injuries that are happening, it's, it's it means that you either invest a lot of that money in just you know a, a more premium striker, mm, or yeah. you, you revert that money elsewhere in maybe midfield or defence. But it's just annoying because you know, as other other FPL managers, you, you make a team and then suddenly someone gets injured, and then you, you kind of really have to do reshape it completely. Mm. I feel like that's obviously going to have a knock on effect on Luca Luca Dean as well, isn't it? Because obviously you 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 look into Luca Dean, knowing that he has this great sort of relationship with um, Dominic Harvard Lewin, and it's probably one of the biggest ways he he gets those attacking returns, isn't it? You know the, the crosses into to DCL. So I mean, if it feels like if um, if we haven't got Dominic Harvard Lewin for the first opening game, it it sort of puts Dean under the under the microscope as well, doesn't it? It does impact his potential for sure. I mean, I don't know about Richarlison. I know he was in the you know the the Olympic final, so I'm not sure whether he's going to make the first game either. So mm. if you're looking at you know players that he can assist more, so you know he's more creative rather than being the goal scorer. I know he can maybe get a goal from a free kick. So yeah, it definitely impacts his you know potential as an asset. And of course, you know he's five point five million. There is other assets around you know, that sort of bracket yeah. that you could potentially go for. I mean, it's it, we, another one um, was also Ollie Watkins. So he, I think he went off with a precautionary. It was it was quoted as a knock, but um, I'm not quite sure. It's, it's hard to know, isn't it? Because Dean Swift isn't exactly the most sharing manager. So what, I mean, what do you make of Watkins uh, knowing that also we have, you know, Ings as well? For me... Before his knock, I had him in my team. Mm. I, I didn't really care about the arrival of Ings, to be honest. I thought, I felt, do you know what? The the performances he put in last season, and from a manager's point of view, you you've got a kind of trusted striker. I, I is he going to get? He won't be benched, of course. He might be shifted over to the left wing or or wherever it is. But I think even in them positions, I feel like he's he's potent, You know, there's potential there, but to get you know goals and assists. But the fact is. If he's if he's got a knock, whatever it is, and there's risk, I mean, mm. I'd rather put my money elsewhere in Ings. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to go for Villa, that is. Of course. And of course, you've got the other. Is uh, one day 
is he injured as well, I believe? Or so, has been some... <laughs> yeah, he was actually the next one on the list. So we, oh, right, we, okay. we're talking we're talking Watkins and Wendia. And obviously, before the the Ing signing, Watkins and Wendia were my uh, my my sort of double Villa attack um, going into the first game week. So I sort of lost two. I've I've well, I mean, I've lost three. Well, potentially four players in the first two minutes of this pod. So we're talking DCL Dean. And then Watkins and Buendia. So all for me, slightly risky um, and, and, and sort of Buendia was the one that I was looking to thinking, right, he's he's going to start. He's not really injury prone. You know, he's, he's overall a great player because I was sort of questioning Ings and how they'd set up. And then we saw that obviously Ings and Watkins both started up top, which was great. Uh, but the injury to Buendia was a bit of a surprise, actually, because according to some Villa fans, it's, I don't think it's been um, sort of confirmed yet by any big sources that Buendia is, you know, out with a hip injury. But a lot of what I'm hearing on Twitter and stuff, it, it looks like a hip injury, but didn't really say whether it's light yeah, or not. Hip, so I mean, Saka had a lot of hip injuries and a lot of the time it's through, you know, it can be an impact injury or it could also be, you know, overplaying you know, mm. too many games. Um, so it's difficult. It's hard to look into some of these injuries because like you say, with Watkins, he got brought off and you could argue it's, you know, for precaution, but it's, it's the, you know, the severity of the, of the injury really, we don't know. I may, may will we know maybe before Friday? Probably um, not. Yeah, I'm, no, probably not. I'm, I'm just, it, it's just a little bit annoying, isn't it? That both Buendia and Watkins are sort of, they were nailed to drafts. They were nailed to a lot of drafts. And in one like sort of foul swoop, they've just both been sort of wiped off the board. Um, but I mean, another one, Robertson, a big, um, I mean, I sent you the clip of the tackle yesterday, didn't I? And it, it looked like yeah, quite an extreme, no... you know. Sorry, go on, Lewis. No, it just, I was just saying it looked quite, quite a, a bad one, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, you only have to look at that and be like, there's no way that's, you know, a knock or the, the way his, you know, his ankle went, it looked like it twisted the whole, you've got to be talking like minimum. Mm. I, it looks a minimum month, even if it was just a minor, like, because either way, you know, the ligaments and the way that the, the position of the foot, that's not, you know, it's not something you can just kind of mm. jog off after a couple of say, yeah, definitely if you had him in your team, you know, take him out because he's definitely not going to be making the first game. It's, it just, it's just another one of those injuries that sort of, makes you question the sort of the ripple effect it's going to have on the rest of the team so obviously with with Robertson out now it's sort of although it's it opens the door to another 4.0 million um defender in Samikes I don't not too sure if I'm saying that right but yeah he's um he will he looks likely to play I think Milner can also play that position but I mean another 4 million pound defender playing for Liverpool is not a bad thing is it no, and even if it's a case of, you know, if you've got, because a lot of players I have, you know, a lot of people on the bench of their team, you know, you just have a player in there just at four million because because you want to use the money elsewhere. He's more of just a enabler. You're, not, you're never going to substitute him on, but there is potential where he could. I do think Milner probably would play there, to be honest. But then, then again, I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert on Liverpool and their squad. So mm. having him in your team at four million and the likelihood of him playing in a defence with, you know, Van Dijk, Trent and their other new, probably Matic to start with, but I know they've got another new signing. So yeah, it's, it's probably a good pick. You could argue it could be a good pick. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing, the flip side of that is obviously it blocks out that third sort of option of going a uh, trip on Liverpool during the good fixtures. But Yeah, that's true. It, I mean, it, it's still a, another 4.0 million. Um, so, I mean, let's just move on to Ian Acho. It was a great, great win for Leicester the other day, wasn't it? And City is sort of continuing this run of um, not being great in cup finals like they showed against Chelsea. And Ian, it was just sort of one of those situations where as the game dragged on, you sort of knew Ian Acho was inevitable. And it, it, it just kept fit. As I was watching towards the back end of the game, I was thinking, could Ian Acho come on and score here? So, I mean, he, he, he came on, scored the penalty, now, the issue with that game is that he didn't start again. So that's potentially another £7.5 million striker, you know, within that sort of bracket range of of, of player that's that's got his minutes, has got his playing minutes under, under question. I mean, it's, it's it feels like a big hit losing Ian Acho as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's formed towards the end of the season. It was actually I was actually there at the game um, for for one get got managed to get a ticket from a friend. So oh really? Did, yeah, it was. To be honest, the game was a bit slow. But then I like you said when the Inacho, you know, he's one of those players where it's surprising that he, you know, he wasn't on. I mean, I wouldn't look too much into that game on the basis, you know, the the number of City players they had a couple of um, a couple of young players. I think Palmer and a, another winger. Who I, you know, they're very young, so and they had a couple. So you know, it wasn't City's first mm. squad, uh, team, of course. But saying that again, you know, some of the Leicester assets I felt looked look very good. Um, but it's um, it's one of those though, like you said, seven point five million on a player that you don't know is going to start, probably mm. avoid. I mean, we uh, it, from our conversation so far, we're, we're talking DCL, um, we're talking Watkins, um, we're talking Ian Acho. So that one sort of um, sort of excitable bracket of 7.5 to 8 million striker it's sort of dwindling a little bit now as as, as i think it's just this week actually it's just been a week from hell in terms of um you know in drafts and in pre-season so this this week for me has seemed pretty intense let's just move on to uh the non-injury changes that this week could bring and the number one is lukaku now I think he comes into he has to come into mind because of the the, the sort of quality of, of striker he is. Like I'm not personally a fan of the fixtures, but a lot of the community, I think, if he plays game week one against Crystal Palace, I feel like a lot of the community will 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 own him. Um, Lukaku, does he come into your plans, or is he just a sort of I'll just get to Lukaku when the fixtures get better? It's that's a tough question because. The, the problem I find is because of his price, you know, he's probably going to be, I reckon he's going to be 10 million, 10.5 million. I don't believe they've re- released the price yet, have they? Have no, they? no. So, um, and of course, what does that mean? Well, it means that I'm going to have to take out one of my pre- one of my attackers already and possibly take away, you know, get where am I going to get that money from? It's probably going yeah. to be the likes of potentially Trent and someone else. Or I'm not going to want to take, I mean, it's, it's a given that most people got Salah and kind of Bruno. Yeah. Am I going to want to take the money off there? Probably not. No. So it's, it's a difficult on how I would fit him in. But like you say, the, the fixtures aren't amazing. But again, like we like I've said to you before, similar to City, you know, Chelsea's Chelsea's um you know record and the the side they've got and the job that Tuchel's done, 
the, the talent he has, it, it doesn't really matter who they play, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, it's one I'm definitely considering. I'm just trying to figure out in my head, you know, exactly who oh, I would take yeah, out and how yeah. I would bring him in. No, I see that. I mean, Lukaku means a sacrifice somewhere. I think he's probably going to come in at about 10.5 or 11, mm. even 11. Um, for me, he... We know he. We know he's had half his medical in Italy, and he's having the other half in London tonight, um, according to um, loads of different sources. So there's also sources suggesting he won't play in the Super Cup, which is an issue because if he was playing a part in the Super Cup, we sort of or, or players or managers that, that want him in that game week one team will sort of sort of feel that he would play game week one for sure if he had minutes or a part to play in the Super Cup. But with him sort of not playing in the Super Cup at all, and that's what sources are suggesting anyway, it just sort of poses sort of even more risk in terms of bringing, it, bringing him in. Um, another sort of player that's sort of dragged on through the pre-season is the Kane scenario. Uh, today we've, we've heard that he's, he's uh, joining back in training soon. Um, and he's also, I think, staying at Spurs by the looks of it, because obviously we've not, we've not heard anything else in terms of Kane. I mean, Kane seems inevitable at some point. And we look at, you know, we look at the fixtures in game week two and, and they play the likes of like Wolves, Watford. So, I mean, he just seems, he just seems inevitable. He feels like he will definitely come into FPL sides. Now it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, do we build for Kane? Do we build early for Kane? Or are we just that excited by the so many other options? But inevitably, we're going to get yeah. to game week two and either sacrifice Bruno or play a wild card. Now, if you ask me to either prepare for Bruno and cut short some of your options, lose, uh, sorry, prepare for Kane, cut, cut short some of your options, cut ties with some exciting options, or sacrifice Bruno, then... It, it sort of puts me towards the the route of preparing for Harry Kane. You know, I don't want to use the wild card at all. I, you know, I have a date set for the wild card. I don't want to get rid of Bruno, especially. I mean, imagine getting to um, game week two and you have to sacrifice Bruno, but he's also. I think that's yeah. The run of United fixtures. I mean, you know, the first seven games, they they could win all of them to be honest and be top of the table too. Mm. So. And it's games where I feel like Bruno could, you know, he could get more than some great attacking returns. It's difficult because Kane, because he's twelve point five million. It's not a case of really you. If you don't put him in it from the start, if you want to transfer him out, then you're going to have to really you're going to have to obviously take probably two transfers, and you're going to have to really downgrade. Mm. I mean, twelve and a half. So say for example, you wanted to, you know, say you're. At, the maximum budget, and you've got Bruno Fernandez, and you 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 want to you want to take away Bruno and bring in Kane for someone. Say you've got you know an eight million strike you want to get rid of. That's four and a half million you've got to kind of yeah make up. So that means you're going to have to go for what's that seven and a half million uh, midfielder, which you could do. There's some options, but again, you know if you want that kind of Man United coverage, there you could well Greenwood seven and a half. So perhaps that's one. You know I think it's Greenwood seven and a half. Yeah. So perhaps that's one way you could do it. Um, depending on if Greenwood gets the gets the stance, but it's difficult with the uncertainty of Kane, it makes me, you know, well, not uncertainty, but I just feel like I'm not hundred percent sure on him at the moment. And of course mm. the first game City, so 
it's a difficult one whether you Kane or not. But if you are with Kane and you have you do want Kane, you're not putting him in your team, to, you know, to start with, then it's quite difficult to get him in now. Yeah, it it seems like it's going to be a a full task, to, you know, a full effort to bring him in, and and that will involve either hits. I mean, even if you roll the transfers, you're you're still when you get to that point, you're sort of sacrificing. You're making sacrifices to bring Kane in. It just feels a little bit... I mean, we'll move on to my drafts. Uh, just say drafts. Uh, but yeah, we'll move on to our teams a little bit later. So that's the sort of catch-up in terms of the, uh, the pre-season so far. And it's only been a few days since me and Max uh, last recorded. So all of that has happened in the past few days. So we've had a few options uh, be taken away from us. We've obviously had a couple more... Um, be, be sort of put put on a plate for us um, in terms of uh, another four million pound um, defender potentially. Uh, let's just turn our attention now, Max, the serious part of the game, and that is the game plan that we've got ahead for this season. So I want to ask you, what are you planning to, because obviously we know a lot of people are planning to use the first wildcard pretty early, or I think people are expecting to have to use it pretty early. But I mean, if you play play the season safely at the start you probably won't have to use the wild card i mean you'd, you'd think wouldn't you so i mean what's your plan i mean i yeah like what you just said there i feel like i don't want to be already have it the thing is it's difficult because if you have a date that you want you know i'm getting my game using my wild card this week and then normally what happens is you know, a few players get injured and suddenly you're forced into it. It depends on how you how you plan to use the World Cup because most of people, of course, want to use it to take advantage of fixture runs, etc. But mm. I found in the part last season, I used it and I was using it, to, you know, to like I said, to take advantage of you know fixtures, etc. But then I think it was a couple of weeks later I needed it because I had a, a couple of injuries, um, mm. and so it depends on how if you really need it or not i feel i always feel with the wild card it's it's a you know sometimes you feel like you're using it so say for example the fixtures get good at you know game week 7 i've looked at and game week 13 for certain teams mm. like uh, chelsea and city now you could take advantage use it then unfortunately you know, i'm gonna get a few i'm gonna get city asset i'm gonna get chelsea asset and then you've take advantage but then again you might do you do you really need to do that because a few it you might have a few weeks after that where you've had a couple of injuries or, or or so for me i've tried to start off with not needing to use it i'm definitely not using it before game week seven because i'm you know I'm looking at the fixtures and planning yeah. my team accordingly um i don't want to waste it just use it because uh you know like i said to take advantage but on the other hand there are some great fixture ones and using it would give you that edge because man united for example for me, I'm looking at Man United's fixtures after game week eight, and there is some, you know, there's some more tricky ones. Um, you know, they've got they've got uh, Liverpool in game week nine, Tottenham, City. I know they've got Watford game week twelve. Then they have got Chelsea and Arsenal. Mm. So it's, okay, again, it's United. So you know, team competed for the title. So you could argue that it doesn't really matter on the fixtures. But again, they're not going to get as much out of them as the players as they might would have, you know, early on against. Yeah. So it's difficult for me. I'm not. If I was to use it at the moment, I would probably be maybe either game week seven or game week thirteen. But that's my initial plan at the moment. I'm not jumping on any earlier than that uh, unless I've got you know major injuries. But 
what about you Lewis are, are you set on a certain date yeah I think I am and I think uh, obviously uh, from experience last season I saw a lot of people sort of add um, very punty players to the start of the season and, and I feel like that sort of required the early use of the wild card and I think Obviously, the safer that you go, and this, and the word safe can be sort of interpreted differently to in, in other people, but players that I know that, that are good players in good teams, um, whether that's expensive or cheap, um, and, and I think you stock up on those sort of players and the chances of you having to use transfers on the wild card, I think they obviously decrease quite a lot. So... I'm looking to play it safe. Me and you've talked about that. Um, I mean, we'll obviously move on to our lineups a bit later on, and I'll, I'll sort of explain more about how I mean is in, is in safe, and I don't mean just in a template way. Um, so for me, I would be primarily looking at um, game week 13 from Wildcon. I did a thread on this, and although I did look at game week 7 and 8, I mean, there's a couple of okay fixture swings in 7 and 8. I like Arsenal's fixture swing. I like um, Chelsea's fixture swing in 7, uh, where they play Southampton, Brentford, Norwich and Newcastle. I just feel that they can be sort of attacked with rolled transfers, maybe. Um, I think I could get away with two rolling two transfers and using two around that time. So I'm quite happy with that, or I could build towards that. However, in game week 13, that's the time that I feel, okay, these are major fixture swings and I can't navigate these with um, with uh, roll transfers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think, in game, just to give an example to the to the listeners, in game week 13, we see Leeds, okay? Game week 13, they in Leeds, they play uh, Brighton, Crystal Palace and Brentford. They're, the, they're their first three games, so a big fixture swing there for Leeds after uh, playing Tottenham. Leicester, um, an interesting team for me because they're sort of a team that I want to see how they do first. So the game week 13 fixture swing for Leicester feels perfect in that way that I get to wait to see them. Um, so Leicester play Watford, Southampton, Villa and Newcastle. Second big fixture swing there that I'm that I'm, that I'm excited about. Third big fixture swing, and this one's probably the biggest. Um, it's Man City. So they play West Ham, Villa, Watford, Wolves, Leeds and Newcastle. So for me, that's a huge, uh, that's that's quite a huge fixture swing, and and that that's that's one that I would be targeting in terms of uh, premium because around that time, uh, mm. Bruno plays Bruno plays against Chelsea and then he plays Arsenal, and for me, I would probably rather KDB around that time. Perhaps at K, I mean, you could even the reason I said about eight was because I mean, Bar United before the West Ham, get Everton, Palace, Brighton, Burnley. Mm. I mean, you could. That could be a you know a time like you said switch between uh, Bruno and Kevin De Bruyne, Premium, and we could yeah. then see by then how many uh, how many penalties has Bruno got? Because I, mm. I know the referees have said you know this year they've been softer, and in that in a few friendlies I've seen this season, and including the you know Community Shield, I, I feel like they are letting the play run, and it does actually suit the you know start yeah. suit the game in terms of you know it's not stop and start, and eventually the player just gets up, which is good mm. for a you know fan point of view. But 
if you're if you are a Bruno owner looking to get penalties, it's not it's not so good. But yeah, so I mean, in t- in terms of premiums and stuff, it would I, again. I I like seven. I do like game week seven in terms of a wild card. I just think there's more scope in thirteen because as well as City, yeah. Leicester, and Leeds, Liverpool also play Southampton, Everton, Wolves, Villa, and Newcastle. And on top of Liverpool, we then see Spurs play Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, Brighton. So, I mean, that's five big teams full of premiums. So you're looking at around game week 13, you're looking at premium players, expensive players, um, interesting differentials. So you've got the likes of Madison, Vardy, Barnes with great fixtures. Uh, Leeds, obviously, triple, the double up of Rafina Bamford looks on. Uh, you've got Liverpool, where you could add maybe Mane or Yotta. You've then got City, uh, who increased the, the captaincy options with Kevin De Bruyne and maybe Diaz or Cancelo. You've then got, obviously, Spurs with, with, with Son and potentially Kane. So it's just it's just incredible, the, the fixture swing around 13. So that's when I plan on using it anyway. Um, let's just move on to the chips in general and how sort of you want to be using them. Uh, this season had well bench boost is normally I will probably save that for a you know a double game week mm. um, where I and also it depends because at the moment my current you know current draft I haven't got an amazing bench um, and it's tricky because of course when you when you bench boost you want you know four players that are actually going to play you mm. don't want you don't want to have about two players um, so it's interesting. I might use. I'll. I'll definitely probably use the bench boost later on to the season because I think there's there's meant to be some. I know game week seventeen eighteen. There's you know, and a bit further along after that, there's potential for you know some double game weeks. But that's when I feel like the bench boost will be best utilized. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, you know, if you've got um, when earlier on in the season where there's some good fixtures for your bench, then perhaps use it then. But I. I would. I just want to keep hold of some of my chips. I don't want to go all guns blazing yeah. early on. What I think about you? You can you got a set date or similar no, sort of um, mentality? Just mind? just similar in the fact that I'd be looking at double game week. So for new new players and new you know new players playing the season for the first time, the probably best uh, sort of. Well, we say we say best, but obviously chips can be used in single game weeks. So double game weeks, obviously, where a, a team plays twice in a in in that game week you know first a double game week so for me there's more scope obviously in potential uh, points in a double game week so again for new for new players of the game um, I would recommend personally using your chips uh, bench boost and you know bench boost especially triple captaincy for those double game weeks and um, and obviously the free hit in in a potentially a blank game week where only a few teams play and, and obviously your team reverts back to you know what it originally was um so that's primarily for obviously new players but in terms of the chips i'll be very sort of conservative in the fact that i want to attack the double game weeks you know it just makes more sense um but yeah so transfers max obviously how 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 do you intend on using transfers this week are you looking to roll quite often are you sort of building a plan together so you're transferring quite often what's what's your plan there Arguably, I shouldn't have to make so so many transfers because you know the team I've got is starting off is uh, fairly decent. I think in the past, last season, I started with a few more risky players. I mean, I think I started with Timo Werner, um, 
and it meant that transfers were more likely on the basis that you know you couldn't probably assess the performance as well. Um, I, there is some players that the problem is I've got players in the back of my mind that I really really want mm. uh, to name well to name a few Kevin De Bruyne Son earlier on I wasn't really stuck on Mares um, because you know just and also Ch- Chilwell is another yeah. player that I really want um, but again it's it depends on how how well the players are doing I know I didn't touch upon it when we talked about wildcard but there may be a point where you know you're forced to make the transfer because or the wildcard because the the player's doing so well that you can't not have him and the fact if his ownership's high as well you know for example take Kane you know if Kane's if he's he hits the ground running like he's done last season him and Son were just on fire for the first six game mm. weeks and you haven't got them to it could be a point of you like well the only way I'm going to get him is if I make some big transfers and take a few players out so for me I'm 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 conscious on you know the informed players, and I feel like a few transfers I will need to make, you know, more forced rather than planned. But I was originally, in terms of transfers, um, I was planning to bring in Kevin De Bruyne on that sort of game week eight. Um, yeah. Depending on how, also I have thought about Grealish, but I, you know the amount of wingers they've got, it's a bit of uncertainty there. Um, and also Son, you know, I was looking at game week two and thinking, you know, free game run, yeah. Son could be on fire. So, but yeah, I'm, it's a bit unsure at the moment. It's easy, it's hard to, you know, point on a transfer yeah. because, of course, you don't know who's who's the informed player and who's doing well. To be honest, but have you got a couple in mind, or you? I you, just you want it? No, I just, I just think in terms of transfers, I would probably turn it into more advice for the listeners and just say, if you're sort of looking ahead you know you're looking at your players fixtures ahead and they sort of hit you know that you you maybe you've got two two players from let's just use Aston Villa for an example you know we're you know in in free in on the fourth game week they then hit a tough run um of, of, of four difficult fixtures and they hit Chelsea Everton Man United and Tottenham so I would be looking at that thinking I want to make sure that I have two transfers going into that so you sort of not you don't want you don't really want to be stuck with two Villa players going into a block of four really really tough games. So in terms of transfers, yeah, in terms of transfers, I think I'd be again quite conservative. Um, obviously, you have to be hot on your heels with transfers if you know if you're if you're let's just use Barnes for an example. Say you didn't have Barnes and and you just saw him, you know you know, hot on his heels, scoring loads and loads of goals. Not not necessarily knee-jerk because we know what Barnes is capable capable of and, and we know that he can go on runs. If he starts banging them in, you also have to be flexible with your transfers, don't you? Um, but also yeah. very aware that you need to be very aware that you've only got one transfer per week and you could end up in a bit of trouble if you got to, again, using the Villa fixtures, you know, you could end up in a bit of trouble there. Um, with, with that's obviously, why, yeah, yeah, that's why sometimes it might be worth saving it. I think some in the past I've felt obliged, not obliged, but you know, when because you've got that transfer, you sometimes mm. feel large. Oh, you know what? I, I'll take this player out, and it's just that freedom to do it. It's very easy to unnecessary, yeah, yeah. It's very easy to just to just want a player and bring him in straight away, isn't it? And another point is also you could potentially save depend say for example you have a player in mind that you want to bring in and and you 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 know you're 100% your your mind's set on that player then you could potentially 
you know the way you set up to start with you could save a bit of money in the bank and and if you don't mind doing that and you're you're happy with your squad you know save one million or, or mm. half a million there and then you've got that sort of money in the bank to do it rather than have to make an additional transfer or even like like we know of take a hit of minus four for uh, an additional transfer so yeah that's one thing also to keep in mind i think i think one important thing would be to plan to not plan transfers specifically i mean map out when you sort of will and won't need transfers because obviously if you take unnecessary transfers you you might need them in you know the following week when you hit a, a tough fixture swing so that's where i'm at with transfers anyway i'm going to be quite conservative roll them and, and be quite sort of try and be quite clever in terms of when i use them when i save them another uh, point lewis when, yeah when do you make the here's an argument when do you make how long does a player have to be performing badly before you think do you know what i'm transferring them out because that's always i think a dilemma for fpl managers is how long do you leave it before you're like, do you know what, he's out? Because that's sometimes a mistake I've made in the past is holding on to a player for too mm. long. I think a lot of a lot of it c- can come into sort of recency bias. So remember when Madison went on that really great run with Barnes and Kit started from the double game. Me and you got on him really early and, and he was great. But he then came back and he didn't pass the eye test at all. He, like I was watching him and I was thinking... God, he is he is not at it, and this was at the latter part of last season. But I sort of continued with with Madison, knowing in the back of my mind that he was capable of better. So I think in terms of, to answer your question, in terms of when is the right time to drop him, I think it's when they're not passing the eye test for not just one game, not just you know have the odd off game, but a sort of two, when it when it, I would be worried after game two. And they looked quite, you know, and they weren't off the pace. Yeah, and they weren't looking quite at it. I mean, Madison was visibly um, not at it, but I kept him in, sort of hoping that he'd hit the form that he did. So I mean, you, it, and that's where watching games is 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 really important. I think, and obviously they could be posting similar numbers, but I mean, if you're looking at the confidence and they're not hitting shots very well, they they're not as playing as they're not playing as well as they can that's when I think, right, okay, I need to forget about his old form. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's just move on to um, hits quickly. And, and let's just talk about how careful we're going to be with hits. So not careful. I don't want to create some sort of narrative, but what, what, what's your, what's your um, idea of, of hits in the season ahead? I'm not going to take them unless, you know, of course, I could say the obvious. I'm not going to take them unless they're you know 100% necessary. Mm-hmm. I think in the past, a minus four here and there, you know, you think, ah, oh, whatever, it's minus four. But as we know, it, that does add up. I think personally, if you've, if you, for example, if it's a double game week, for example, I think in the past it's not so bad when you've got, you know, they get two points for simply playing. So if you've got, if you took a minus four and you've got two players playing. Uh, you got a player, you know. Say you had two transfers, for example, and you, you had that took a minus four, and you've mm. now got that additional game. Then you kind of make up the money, make up the points you've took in a hit. But I wouldn't every realistically, if you keep taking minus fours each week, you know that's a clean sheet. That's you know, yeah, that's two players' appearance points, and anything above a minus four. If you're taking minus eights, you know that you could arguably take them three players. Of course, not every 
as everyone knows, you, not your players, not every player is going to score, get a clean sheet, assist, or whatever it is. So mm. you, you're taking away arguably, uh, you know, four say four players don't do anything and they just make an appearance. That's four players' points and the minus yeah. eight. So I personally, I'll only take it if I feel they're 100% necessary. Um, Hits with me. I think obviously last year was quite destructive. I was quite. Um... You know, I, I took a lot of hits and obviously, I think obviously looking back now, I know how I want to use them. And I think setting a rule similar to maybe only using hits when we have injuries or when we have maybe double game weeks, I think is an okay rule. I mean, of course, you know, there's, there's going to be times where it, there's a clear sort of a clear option out there maybe a premium so i think i think if it was a captaincy option that i would be looking to trade out then i would also maybe push to that but in terms of hits i don't t- intend to take any um and, and, and knee jerk into any hits at all um unless i feel fully confident um in in, in uh, what uh, they're doing um also and- depends on your squad doesn't it yeah massively i think obviously if you're going into a season with several risks and, and, and risks for me would be players potentially like um, Greenwood, um, you know, just sort of injury prone-ish sort of players, you know, positional um, or, or lacking minutes last season, maybe, you know, like the likes of Jota. Um, so, so sort of players that maybe look good short term, but as, you know, as sort of Firmino and Sancho come back into the squad, maybe there's, you know, maybe they're less safe. So for me, their sort of transfers or, or you know their sort of transfers waiting to happen. So I think that comes into play with the hits, you know, and transferring out players who aren't getting as many minutes or aren't performing as well as as well as you thought they'd be. Which again takes you back to the the part where I want to be safe. Um, but yeah, let's just move on to captaincies because captaincies is probably the main part of the game. And for new players, obviously, I think they need to realise that you know, the importance of captaincies and, and, and just how, you know, vital getting captaincy um, right is in, in FPL. And for me, obviously, I I punted on quite a few captaincies last season with, you know, with Werner again, didn't, never had, never really showed much quality, but I continued to captain him, hoping for some sort of return and captain players like Havertz, um, I mean, it's obvious where I went wrong in terms of captaincy. So for me, I would be looking to play again captaincy quite safe in terms of, you know, like Salah, Bruno. I wouldn't be looking to captain defenders at all, if, you know, unless. Well, no. Oh, not, do you know, I got yeah. some really big points last season from. <laughs> but no, no I know you, what you saying. did. On yeah. The whole, on the whole, it's a risky game because they don't get the clean sheet, then you're what you're expecting. A sister, a goal for it, you know, for it to be that mm. worthwhile. What do you think about captaincies? How are you? How are you sort of looking to play this season? Because, like you, like you said, you did. I think I remember you captain in Dallas, and I tried talking you out of it, and he and he smashed it, didn't he? I think my highest captaincies last season were these risky ones. I got, I think, I got a Cancelo thirty-four points with the captain, so you got seventeen normally, and I think it was Dallas as well. I got thirty-four, but. We got yeah, you know what we got to set, remember is how often do them do they get these you know fifteen seventeen four, you know it's very very rare. If you look at players like Salah on the whole, if you if you stuck your you know captain on Salah and just left it for the whole season, 
you would probably, you know, you'd probably be okay. Okay, the odd game he doesn't, but normally he's getting, you know, with his numbers and similar to Kane. I personally won't be. Te- the way you've got to look at it also is, um, I think sometimes you can end up being you if you've had a you know a bad couple of weeks and you haven't got many points, you can end up being forced down this route where you feel, oh, do you know what? I need to make some ground up now. How am I going to make some ground? Okay, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to captain uh, a differential or, or someone that's you know someone that's less owned or maybe less mm. likely to yeah. get them points. And that's when you start spiraling because suddenly you keep you know you do that one week and you think, oh, it didn't work out. Do you know what? I'll do it again. And then, you know, you start to lose a bit of control. So from my point of view, you know, you've always just, it doesn't just captain the play. It sounds obvious and it sounds, you know, you'd be like, well, obviously you captain the player that's going to get the most points. But sometimes you think, well, you hope if it's a player you don't own, for example, you know, you maybe don't, or you're captain someone more differential thinking, oh, mm. he'll, he'll gain more and I'll gain more rank by doing that. So for me, yeah, I would be on the whole relatively safe, um, in terms of captain. Yeah, I think your captaincies aren't going to sway too far from the likes of Kane, Bruno, Salah and Kevin De Bruyne this, this season, to be honest. And Yeah, maybe there'll be a time where I do punt on one player, but I think compare that to, you know, 10, 20 times last season for me. And I think obviously that had a large sort of um, effect on my overall rank last year. Um, let's just focus on your part of the pod. So this is uh, Max's part of the, the podcast where he discusses a dodgy differential. Um, so I'll let you explain, Max, to new listeners uh, what it is and, and, and yeah. Yeah, so differential, you know, the term differential, if you like, is a, a term normally used to describe a player that's kind of under 10%, that's got potential to do well, you know, it looks quite good, he's maybe doing reasonably well. Now, I've kind of played on that and looked at, I've created something called a dodgy differential. So it's someone where you think you've, you know, discovered the next, perhaps, Bruno Fernandes, you know. Mm, he yeah. looks really good on paper. You've seen, maybe he's passed that that eye test that, you know, Lewis mentioned, or maybe he's, he's done a couple of good runs in a game and suddenly you think, you know, I'm onto something here. And you go and bring this, bring this player in that perhaps hasn't got, you know, he's a little bit overhyped maybe or hasn't, you know, got that actual stats to back it up. And yeah, this player, I took, you know, turn the dodgy differential. And I, each week what I do is I, you know, I do a dodgy differential and a differential. So a player that I feel is, you know, like I've just explained, that dodgy differential and a player I feel is actually a differential. So a player that is doing well, is low owned and has actually got the stats to back it up. So I did make some risky calls last season. Mm. You did, <laughs> as you as you know, no, Lewis. I mean, I was some of the players. I was, you know, I wanted to. The thing is, it's easy to, you know, when you make these picks. I could just play pick someone that's, you know, like a, a centre back for Watford, and as as a dodgy differential. Yeah, I mean, it's no. obvious. You know, I think what no I think. Sorry, I think. Sorry to, to. I think what you're sort of getting at is 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 maybe these mini bandwagons in the community. You know that definitely that those that the community seems to be magnetising too. Um, this sort of bandwagon that's going through, or a train, as a lot of a lot of um, people on Twitter like to call it. Um, you know, I think that's what sort of you're getting at in terms of dodgy differential, aren't you? People, a differential that people think is 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 this sort of amazing player for the week ahead when he's just not. Yeah, that is yeah. that's exactly it, Lewis. It's a player that you know hasn't really got the stats to back it up. So if I go for for this week, you know, the first. 
uh, dodgy differential for the for the season, and it is Saeed Ben Rama. Now, I actually did call him a dodgy differential last season, and he ended up <laughs> he actually ended up getting an assist, I believe. But the reason I for this is I feel like there is an alternative option, even if at West Ham, for example, there's alternative options um, that you could go for that I feel that offer equally as much. I mean, you've got Boeing, um, who's 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 got some better stats. And if I also, so if I go to, just to do some, you know, on, on the purpose of comparison, and, and I the differential for the week is um, Harvey Barnes. Mm. Now, if I compare the two, so per game started last season, uh, Harvey Barnes got 5.27 points, whereas Saeed Benrahma got 2.93. Now, if I actually look at, some of the stats from Ben Rama as well in terms of um, in terms of you know goals and creativity. Last season he got one goal and six assists. Um, now if you if you look at players like Barnes, now he got nine goals and five assists, and he's only a little you know he's only a little bit more. But mm. that I think Barnes is just below ten percent and ownership and I think side Ben Rama is about 3% I believe but it seems like on Twitter a lot of people you know jumping onto this Ben Rama and I think yeah they really are they are aren't they I mean he done okay towards the end of the season yeah but even you've got players like Suchek now okay he's not going to get you know he's not going to be you got 10 goals last season is he going to do that again maybe this season as a centre defensive midfielder probably not but I mean he's in terms of as a player and looking at based on stats, I mean, like we say, you know, stats isn't always past performance, isn't always, you know, the, the best predictor for future performance. But on the other hand, you know, this is what's happened. This isn't what's potentially going to happen. Mm. Um, on that basis, that's why I've chose Ben Rama as, you know, the first week's dodgy differential and Harvey Barnes as the, um, as the differential. Because, yeah, looking at some of the stats um, of, of the two, and in terms of you know goal even goal involvement, so looking at some stats from you know Fantasy Football Hub, uh, goal involvement last season for for Ben Rama was fifteen percent, whereas Harvey Barnes, um, Harvey Barnes was twenty six percent. So you're looking at you know and also shots, you know shots and um, there's a lot of stats I could go for. I don't want to bore yeah. people, but yeah, there's uh, Harvey Barnes for me looks like a you know more differential, better option than Ben Rama. So you just got to be. And this just reinforces it as well. You've got to be careful. Certain players, you wait before. You, if there are, you know, low ownership, sometimes there's a reason why they are um, because there's better options. And as much as people want to, you know, deviate from this in inverted commas template template team, mm. there's a reason why these players are you know, part of this template team because they're the best. You know, they're the best performers based on you know the stats are there and what they've done in the past. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to go on too much, but yeah, they're the two picks for uh, this week. Yeah, it's great. It's great because obviously they, they're, they're very sort of um, representing the community at the moment because Barnes, I think he's he's been sort of spiralling through the community and I think rightly so. He's posted some great stats. He's, he had a fantastic season last season, unfortunate with the injury. But then you sort of flip that over and Ben Rama was quite frankly awful and didn't pass the eye test and didn't post great stats. And, and now that he's had a couple of good games in pre-season, the community, well, not the community as a whole, I think the sort of the train's coming through, isn't it? The Ben Rama train. Um, so yeah, it's great to have diff- dodgy differential back, Max, and obviously, hopefully, the uh, success rate w- is is 
is the same or better um, than last season because you had quite a successful um, season last last season in terms of dodgy differential differential. Let's get to yeah. the meaty part of the pod and let's talk about our draft and our team reveals. So I want to know how you're likely to set up because it's Monday and there's only a few days left until the deadline. What could change for you? Um, what is what is likely to change and what is pretty nailed on? So let's just go through team. Okay, so players that are... Well, first of all, to mention something that could change my team. Watkins injury news, um, one day injury news, that could, if they get confirmed, then that will impact. But for the moment, yeah, if I go through my team, they both were in my team and are now not in my team. So if I go for the first uh, first pick in goal, Schmeichel. True. So, yeah, perhaps you could consider it, you know, a slightly unusual pick. Um, but in terms of expected points and performances last season, and also I think Leicester have got. You know their their fixtures. I feel are quite are quite decent for the you know for the first ten. Right, I feel City. like Leicester assets are going under the radar a little bit. I, I do. I, I think, think they, they are. are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've also got Castagne, who's I feel all right. He's, I think he was a bit injury, and he had that injury at the Euros. But they've not got they haven't got that many games where you think oh I'm a bit concerned there. Yeah. City no, game week four. They got Man United game week uh, game week eight. I mean, they've got Arsenal game week ten, but. Many might say that's not a, diff- <laughs> a mm. difficult fixture, but looking at that, you know, you've got arguably eighty percent of them. You could of the games, eight of the, the other eight games, you could think, you know, you could get a clean sheet. So yeah. that's why I'm putting in. That's a good some some good points last season as well. If I go straight, do you want to? I don't know where you want to do this. You want to do go through my goalkeeper and defense, and then revert to yours. So no, we'll, we'll just cover your whole team first. Yeah, go for okay, it. Then. Uh, yeah. So in terms of defense, I've got Alexander Arnold. Phil, for me, he may, like I said, certain transfers, I may, if I need feel like I need to bring in a certain player, then I feel like he might go. But then on the other hand, we know what, what he's capable of. We do, yeah. The thing is, he's 7.5 million and he has a lot of money. But at the same time, he has got quite high ownership. And, you know, in rank terms, what you know, what, as we know, for people that don't know, if the, this player does well overall, you'll rank probably will decline if he does yeah. well and you haven't you haven't got him. So For sure. that's why I've got him in to start with. Um and some good fixtures of course. Creswell. So Creswell's in my team. I did ponder previously of having uh Luca Digne, but um the Calvert Lewin you know the Calvert Lewin uh uncertainty yeah. and also I just feel um Creswell, you know, last season I think he got the most assists for defenders and I think he's you know he's an informed player and I think he um I think he'll only get better. Um, so that's why I've gone for him. He's starting currently for the first game. I've got Luke Shaw. Another one where you think is it's not probably not a surprise, but United have got some good fixtures. Um, first eight. I mean, you've got Leicester, but um, and they've got Leeds in the first game. But you could argue these are winnable games. Um, so yeah, I think and I think Shaw's. You know, last season he's he done quite well. I think he yeah. really grew into his position. So yeah, I don't want to go into him too much. Ben White, an Arsenal player. Also, uh, it's a four four two, is it, or a four no. five one? No, not to start with. It's at, to start with. It's currently. This is currently. I say this because it's been changing frequently. Okay. Based upon what's been happening, but cu- I'm currently a four five one. Okay. 
Um, I've got Ben White. Now, he's at 4.5 million. Now, he's a player that I feel he's going to bolster up Arsenal's defence. I'm not going to have this bias because I'm an Arsenal fan. I probably will. It'd be, going, it'd be benched game week two and three because Chelsea City. But I feel for for the price he is, and I think he's he's pretty much secure. I would think he would be secure in the Arsenal defence. Um, so that's why I've got him currently starting for game week one. Now, if I go to my midfield, um, surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, because I just mentioned about Harvey Barnes and then... Yeah. <laughs> so you'd probably be like, it's not a surprise I've got him in my team. Now, I've chopped and changed. I've chopped and changed quite a lot of players, but because originally I really wanted, you know, Maras and a few other players, but mm. I feel like Leicester, yeah, I like you said, I feel they've gone a bit under the radar, you know, where they finished last season, and, you know, the attacking players they've got. And I think Barnes is, when he was playing, I know... You know, we sh- I shouldn't look too much about, you know, because he did get injured. But yeah, he looks like he's in the same, you know, he looks like he's in good shape. I think he looked, think he looked great start. against uh, Man City the other day, don't you, in the uh, community's yeah. field, yeah. Definitely. And he's, you know, he was up against, I think it was Kinsella on that side. Mm. I know he had someone else, you know, they're overlapping as well. But uh, yeah, I think he looks he looked good. And Leicester scored a lot of goals last season. So yeah, that's why I put him in. I think he's at 7 million. I think it's quite a good, good buy. Um, Salah? I don't, I'm not going to go into why, but no brainer. Yeah, expected. Uh, Fernan- Bruno Fernandez, a player that I refused to have last season. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy like. that you've got Bruno Fernandez this season. <laughs> I was toying with Sancho, um, and toying with Sancho, toying with Son, and toying with Mares because I feel like these play. I feel like Mares is going to p- play for City at the moment. Mm. He's going to start, and I feel like Son is just he's criminally underrated in terms of. I don't, you know, his ownership and what he'd done last season. He, he scored an amazing amount of points. Um, yeah. But yeah, for the moment, I haven't got him. Now, I did originally have Wendier in there. Now, just this little recent bit of uncertainty injury-wise, I took him out and I put Rafinha in um, because I know there's a lot of stats on, on the guy. He's, he's kind of key to that Leeds attack and Okay, apart from Man United in the first game, I know they've got um, Liverpool in game week four, but you know they've got Newcastle game week five, West uh, Watford uh, game week seven, Southampton, Wolves, Norwich. They've got they've got, they've got some uh, games where I feel and Leeds, like we saw, was it the first game last season? You know mm. they can sharp at, against against Liverpool, they can sharp against the bigger sides. Um, so yeah, he's in my team. Emil Smith Rowe, now. He's arguably what yeah what we would call perhaps an enabler. Um, he's five point five million. The other yeah. option around that sort of bracket was um, a player I can't pronounce for Brentford. Bieno, whatever his name is. Bravo. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm I have to give up. I knew that but was yeah. coming. <laughs> he I felt was quite a good player because there's you know there's talk of him playing up front, but yeah. I feel like like we've discussed in the past about newly promoted players there's risk there and I feel like Emil Smith-Rowe is is pretty much with Willett going now I, there's no one I feel like is going to take that camp and position off him at the moment I mean maybe Willian but I don't think Willian's in you know in Arteta's well especially not he's definitely not in the fans good books so I feel like Emil Smith-Rowe is for 5.5 million you know, we st- we still got some good p- attacking players. I know Arsenal, of course. You know, we're notoriously unreliable of of late. But for five point five million at a top top side starting, I think that's great great kind of value. Yeah. Uh, so he's starting for game one. Um, 
And then up top, so that's you know that's five in midfield, four in defence, and up top I've got Danny Ings. Um, again, I did have Watkins. Then first yeah. three fixtures for Villa are, are very good. Um, you could argue that I should consider you know Chelsea, Everton, Man United, Tottenham. That's tricky after them the first three fixtures. Maybe I should take him out. Um, seems maybe. like seems like an easy switch out when you sort of get to that you know that game week four, doesn't it? It does. But then again, if he's doing really well, I'll be, do you take it? You know, yeah, he might be reluctant. He mm. might be reluctant. It depends. We might be forced into transfers. That's a, an argument. You know, we've got to consider is Lukaku's on fire, at, and he's it doesn't matter who he's coming against. He's he's banging in the goals. You know, he plays against Arsenal, Liverpool, and and he's, he scores. You know, mm. Everyone's gonna be like, shit. I need Lukaku, man. It doesn't matter yeah. who he plays. You know, so that's another play. You know, on the bench, you will be surprised. Um, Forster's not a surprise. Foster's Forster. Foster's not a surprise. The goalkeeper's he's more of a just as we said, he's just you know, a sack, yeah. four million. He's yeah. just a sack and facilitate some of the other players. Further down the line, when I plan to use my bench boost, I might need to consider that. And over these next couple of days I might depending on how strong I want my squad. Bamford's actually on my bench. Ooh. <laughs> now that's probably you're thinking, why, why are you benching like an eight million player? Oh, that's a tough, tough, it's, it's, tough watch. It is hard because I feel the thing is, the reason why I feel like it is because part of I'm I've got Luke Shaw and I've got Bruno Fernandez, so I'm thinking, do you know what? Do I want him starting and then him score and then I won't get the clean sheet? But then again, yeah. I could hope for you know a high scoring game, Shaw gets an assist and you know. And Rafinha gets, you know, it's say it's a high scoring game, it went win all round. The mm. um, reason I've got Bamford, Bamford is just because at that 8 million mark, you know, the amount of points he got last season, you know, it was crazy. And I think even at 8 million, he's, he's a good buy. And okay, we've got there's a few tricky fixtures, but realistically, up to game week 11, I mean, you've got Liverpool and Man United, but apart from that, You've got some, you know, some very decent fixtures. Um, I think he's a good shout. I think he's. I, I think it's another another player that's sort of gone under the radar as well. And mm. I think a lot of people have sort of looked at the the price. And I think because a lot of people have got Rafinha as well, they're sort of hesitant to maybe go for the double up. I I I don't hate Bamford as as an option. I really like him actually. I just can't really fit him in myself. So. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And also, another point is having players that, at the moment, I'm looking at actually how many teams I'm actually covering. Now, I've got, you know, I've got a few Liverpool players, I've got a few, United, um, a few United players, I've got a couple of uh, Arsenal players, a couple of Leicester players, and, and suddenly, you know, I'm not covering that many teams. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know that's probably not a thing that people f- maybe think of straight away, but you know, if, if a couple of players aren't doing a t- couple of teams and you have a bad weekend or whatever, or whatever it is, you've got a couple of fixtures that aren't amazing, then not having that coverage across more yeah, teams definitely. might have an impact. So that's one concern I've got over the next few days just before the deadline. Um, on my bench, just to finish off, I've got, I, do you know what? I, I, I'm going to try and pronounce his name, actually. Mabadinelli. Oh my god! <laughs> You've just Andrew absolutely Ong- crucified his name. Was that not a good pronunciation? Anyway, a guy called Andrew who plays for Nor- Norwich. <laughs> um, I believe he's a player that um has got a lot of game time in preseason. I think he might start. He's more, but for four million, I thought you know what, why not? And then I've got a, a player that I've I don't really know of, Perica. 
okay, 4.5 yeah. million for Watford. Again, another player that's probably never going to get put on. Mm. But this is the concern I have. A couple of players on my bench aren't, you know, they're, they're not amazing. And it depends on how much of a balanced squad I want. Um, so, yeah, so consideration to, over the next few days, whether I, um, you know, have a cheaper asset somewhere else and improve my bench. So just to be clear, um, can you just read out your playing 11? So your, your 11 that you've got playing for the first game week. Schmeichel. In goal, Alexander-Arnold, Creswell, Shaw, Ben White in defence. In midfield, Smith-Rowe, Rafinha, Fernand- Bruno Fernandes, Salah, Barnes. And then up top, Danny Ings. Great. So you're happy with your team, your captaincy, I'm guessing, is Salah? Captain is, is Salah, yeah. Okay. Say I'm happy. To say I'm happy... I wouldn't no. It's I I need to. I feel like I'm just going to be you know a little bit more tinkering towards the end towards yeah. Friday. I feel like yeah. Bamford on the bench is is something is is something it's quite hard to take. If it comes to it, I'll probably bench Ben White. But then I see Bamford your problem. I see it understanding yeah, it's though. It's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, I do understand that, and I've seen a couple of people with Bamford on the bench actually, and, and I, I think I did a team rating on Twitter the other day, and I saw it, and I was like, "Why is she, why why is he on the bench?" So, um, but okay, yeah, I mean, you look you look pretty strong. It looks it doesn't look too different from the template. You've got a couple of nice picks, Ben Salah. It's nice to see Bamford in the team, although he's not starting. Um, but yeah, interested to see Emil Smith Rowe. Um, and Ben White, I think there's two great options there from Arsenal. Um, I think as long as you've got, I mean, particularly for you, Max, to have you know Bruno in, I think that's a huge, huge step forward, isn't it? But um, but yeah, I see, I see that you've obviously that this week sort of affected you up top in in the fact that the the the, the striker bracket has been limited, hasn't it? So, I mean, it's not a huge surprise that you've sort of gone with a four five one. Um, it's kind of forced into it, if you like. I mean, I did yeah. have at one point DCL in my team and and Watkins, as you as you say. So I think this formation is a little bit forced based upon recent news in terms of injuries. But it might change again. Who knows? The card yeah. might be confirmed tomorrow on, on FPL, and I might just transfer him. In. <laughs> so nah. what I want to do is I want to quickly start with the two drafts I've got. It's very simple. Two drafts. I know it sounds a bit messy, but it's not. It's quite it's quite straightforward, and I'll. And I'll sort of tell you why. But I'll start with my safe draft, the the, the draft that I created for the first time when I opened the game. And obviously bits have been added and, and took away and stuff. So um, in goal, Sanchez, 4.5 million. Um, he's, he's in both drafts. He has great fixtures. Brighton have arguably, again, the third best defence, uh, you know, in terms of underlying stats. And I'm quite happy to just keep Sanchez there until I, you know, I either wild card or... Or um or yeah something something major happened so I'm quite happy with Sanchez at the back there first game against Burnley. You know it's it, it's straightforward for me. Um, does Ben White bother you? That fact he's gone does that have a in the back of your mind I, or do you think I you think, know what they've still got Dunk and Veltman and Lamberty they've still got that you know yeah I'm poor. I'm I'm not too uh, obviously I I mean you, you listen to the pod that I had with Sam from FPL Family, I think we talked about Ben White. And I think although it will have an effect, I don't think it will have as much of an effect um, in terms of because they're really cheap. You know, these are really cheap assets with great fixtures. So I think even, you know, even without Ben White, you know, you've still got the likes of Dunk there. You've still got the core, the uh, defensive setup from Potter. 
Um, but yeah, so Sanchez in goal. Uh, in defence, Luke Shaw, similar to you. Great fixtures, uh, great form from the Euros. Um, I think he's over 50% owned, so not owning Shaw will be dangerous. That's that's for sure. No pun intended there. But yeah, he, he's got he's got everything. He's got he's got assists. He's he's always in the opponent's half. He's attacking. Uh, there's just not there's not a lot to hate about Shaw as a pick. Um, he's a great long term hold as well for me. Second in defence, Trent. I just there's no it's a no brainer. Um, it's it's you know arguably without Robertson now most of the attacking play can be played down his side of the pitch. So for me, Trent being on the ball more is is only a bonus. I think for me, third option is coming to the microscope a little bit. Um, it's Dean, Luke Dean. Um, not really convinced about Everton as a whole, quite inconsistent, but I like the fixtures. I like that Dean takes set pieces. I like what he has to offer. Um, and I'm sort of, he will be there if DCL doesn't come back anyway. I just think he's still got the edge over the likes of, you know, the five millions like Kufal and Dunk in terms that he, in terms of he is one of the biggest creators in the league last year amongst defenders. You know, we can't we can't forget that. Um, so for me, yeah, back line of Short, Trent and Dean. Just remember, this is my first safe draft. Um, in midfield, Rafina uh, leads arguably fixture-proof, pretty straightforward. Um, he's sort of a shoe-in for me. Um, underpriced as well. Uh, I think he should have done better last season. I think he will do better this season. Second, Salah. Um, Hang up, you know, I don't need to really extend on his name, really. It's Salah. Salah. So for me, um, thirdly, Bruno, again, arguably someone in, someone in the community but that a lot of people are debating. For me, he, he still created the most chances in the league amongst defender, amongst midfielders. So he has to be in. Fourth is, is quite a tough one for me. This is sort of my punty area of the team. So the fourth midfielder. I've got sort of seven million to play with, um, so I've gone for Harvey Barnes too. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Over. Yeah, I've got the same midfield. Yeah, well, I mean, the midfield is pretty strong this year in terms of template, mm. isn't it? But but Barnes is a differential. I could have gone with Hart, uh, Madison. He just isn't very convincing for me. Um, I could drop down to Dali Ali, um, which would again wouldn't be too much of a risk because it feels like it's the only punt in my team. Um, I'd be quite happy to have a take a bit of a risk there and save 0.5, bank 0.5 million. Um, up top, it's Antonio. You know, he, you know, he's he's a pretty easy pick for me. He's a flat, you know, he, he can be quite, um, you know, what he can be amazing. So he could score a, a brace in any given game. Um, we've got Tony. Again, someone with high, high ownership. I just think, again, going without Tony could be dangerous uh, as a non-owner. Um, and I've got third striker, Danny Ings. Sort of strong attack. Yeah, it's a nice attack. It's very safe. It's very template-y. Um, but I just think, you know, it makes sense to go for Ings um, over Watkins, to be honest, especially because DCL came out, so it was sort of an easy swap from DCL to Ings. Um, on the bench, Foster, easy. Um, a nice little option at Ailing on the bench, so he'd be sort of a rotating in and out. 
So he's he's sort of my strong first bench option because I think we all need one. And then it's Brownhill, um, 4.5 million from Burnley. Doubt I'll ever need him, but if he does, if he does come on, he comes with a little bit of attacking threat. And then we've got Omar Bamidali. I think that was <laughs> so similar to you, the four million pound good pronunciation. To be fair, well, I think <laughs> could have done better there. So let me just read that out. That's Sanchez, Shaw, Trent, Dean, Rafinha, Salah, Fernandez, Barnes, Antonio, Tony, uh, Antonio, Tony, and Ings. Three four three, is it? Yeah. For, uh, yeah, three four three. Not a lot can not a lot will probably change from that draft. Um the only potentials that change, any injuries obviously. Um and Dean and Barnes. So I could play around with Dean and Barnes. I could drop Dean down um to change Barnes to a seven point five, you know, the likes of Greenwood or Yotta. Or I could just keep Dean and change from uh, and downgrade Barnes to someone like again, Dali Ali. Um, or, or go for Madison, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I like that draft. I'm pretty set on that draft. Um, now the second draft is the one that I'm very likely to go for, and this is why I left this to last. So the second draft is um, free premium plus Trent plus Luke Shaw. So this is a very heavy draft. Okay, so we've got Sanchez in goal. Four four two Sanchez in goal. Okay, we've got Luke Shaw at the back. We've got Trent at the back. We've then got Armarty from Leicester. So four million. We know he's in unless Leicester signing of a striker. Uh, plays against Wolves first game. Great option. We've then got um, Ben White at the back, um, which you'll be probably proud of, Max. He's an Arsenal. You know, I've got an Arsenal player. Yeah, very um, proud. So again, four at the back. There, uh, four in midfield: Rafina, Salah. Fernandez and Buendia. So Buendia, again, obviously, if he's not fit, could be. Buendia is like, my, again, a little differential punt position. Um, I think we all need a differential. I think we all need one player, at least, that we can that we can back and say, look, this is my differential. This is my player who I want to bang. Um, and I'm undecided on that position, yeah. At top, Harry Kane. Okay, so Harry Kane, as a placeholder, for now, so he could be Lukaku, and let me just talk about that more in a minute. And next to Kane is Tony. So the first eleven, that's a lot of money in that team. And I mean, making making the bench. <laughs> well, Foster, and I've got Ailing again. So another still a strong bench option. So looking at that team, you know, I've got Luke Shaw, Trent, Salah, Rafina, Bruno, Kane. Tony, you know, it it, it looks right. It, and then obviously after Ailing on the bench, I've got Brownhill and then the 4.5 million striker in Davis. Now, I've seen a lot of teams that have tried, um, of, of managers that have tried to make Kane, Salah, Bruno, Trent and Shaw work and they've not looked great. But I've managed to get one here that I really like. Now, this is... I think that looks good. Yeah, I think it's very situational though, and what I mean by that is, if Luka, if I know Lukaku is starting in game week one, that would secure this draft. It would it would push me into the four four two with Kane even more, because after game week one, Lukaku would then again hoping that Kane stays at Spurs, which is again very situational. Uh, Lukaku would become Kane in game week two, and game week three and four where they where they hit that. 
sort of nice run of fixtures. Now, I like the second draft. I like the free premiums plus um, Trent Shaw because I think it prevents a wild card or it prevents the sacrifice of Bruno. So imagine I get to, you know, I get to game week two. Everyone else is sort of uh, flapping around, trying to get rid of Bruno. They really want Kane in. Kane's going against Norwich. You know, he's, he's like going against this newly promoted team. And the chances are everyone's sort of going to take it, take a hit. To, sorry, he plays Wolves. So I think, again, people will be looking to play, uh, bringing Kane around game week two, because obviously after game week two, they play. You've got three games where, yeah. Yeah, bang, Watford, Wolves, and Watford and Palace. Yeah. I, I to do that against any team, to be honest. But I don't want to go into a um, a start of a season without Sovereign Kane again. I've been there, and it's not good. They perform; um, it, it, they're just ruthless. Son and Kane, they're absolutely ruthless. So, for me, I would be looking at going into the season with either a plan for one of them for game week two, three, and four, or going into the season with one of them. I don't like that City game at all. You know, I, I, I wouldn't have Kane for that at all anyway. So, again, it's very it's very situational. You know, it's it, it very dependent on Kane um, joining. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where I've got to wait and see, which is putting me on edge a little bit because it's Monday. So, the, it's difficult. The, yeah. And I, I'm just, but I... I think that thinking is quite good, Lewis, to be honest. I think um, having the two sides kind of side by side, depending on on the news that happens, I think that's a good plan. Yeah. So Son, I, I think, is a player that I really want. Kane, of course, I know what he's capable of, but I just feel, for me, it would mean reshaping and getting rid of players that I don't really want to get rid of. But, yeah, it sounds like a good plan to me, Lewis. Yeah, so I'm quite happy with that, to be honest. I think I've got two drafts, um, both very situational, but I will definitely use one of them unless, you know, we, we see dramatic change, which is, well, it's possible, isn't it, you know, after after this week. But I think going into the season with Kane secures my wild card a lot more than it would without. And I also think, although my team might not be as strong as someone else's going into game week one, I think... Over a game week of, you know, a period of three or four game weeks, I think it could have the potential to sort of outstrengthen the other team. So, or, you know, or, or, or at least get it level. Um, so, yeah, although my team will be weaker than most, weaker than the template going in, because a lot of money's, you know, pumped into that sort of forward line. It, it could catch up on a long term, um, you know, on a long term sort of, basis basically and I think obviously the template team that I've I've created looks really good as well I really like Antonio um and and Ings and Tony at front I like the midfield Barnes so it could go either way um that's the issue you know I'm just so like uh undecided about it but um I I it's clever it you know having a plan for Kane um hopefully I've got Lukaku in game week one Kane in game week two that's that's sort of how I want it to go. Um, if I don't get any clarity on Kane, it would push me back to the template um, three four three, which I also don't mind. It just you wouldn't revert to Son, Gemwick for the second draft that you made. Try and fit Son in there. 
Um, as that player rather than Kane. No, I don't think so. I think I think a lot of people have um, are more sold on the um, the midfielders this year. You know, the likes of Greenwood, Yotta, uh, bloody Bangrama. <laughs> you know, I think I feel like that's. I feel like a lot more people have got more confidence in the midfield um, than they should. Maybe I don't know. I could I could be wrong there. You know, they could all bang and they could all play pretty consistently. But but yeah, that's where I am. Um, anyway, so a lot to change. Um, I know you did mention that you weren't going to update your blog um, this season, is it, Max? You want most of your stuff to be yeah on here, but I think yeah, I'm, I'm just sorry. I think I'm, I'm going to be focused on the. Um on the you know the dodgy differential videos and, and the podcast i think but more effort yeah. this you know this podcast yeah so my 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 team reveal will probably be on a blog this year i'm pretty undecided so that could be in, on twitter or 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 the blog um but yeah so there we are um we i think we've gone a little bit over on what we've that's probably my fault with my two drafts and being undecided but um yeah, it was, it's great catching up with you again. Obviously, we'll be back on... We'll be recording on Mondays going forward, won't we, Max? Yeah, yeah moving forward. So, yeah, we'll um, we'll be back with you, uh, well, after the first game week. Yeah, hopefully, it's a good one. Um, hopefully, yeah. there's no more injuries. Uh, Catch everyone with a um, completely different team because something's happened over the, these coming days. <laughs> yeah, wild card game week two incoming. But yeah, um, it's good to catch up, Max. And obviously, hopefully, we both have good game weeks. But um, but yeah, thanks for joining me again, obviously. And see you next week. Cheers, Liz. See you guys later. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.